Hi, my name is Chris. I am a queer. I go she, her. And my, I go she, her. I love to see her. And my Instagram is at the Yolo Bandit. I am Brie. My pronouns are she, her. I am queer. And my Instagram is Brianna Jenkins. Uh, I'm Courtney. I am a lady gay. I lean towards she, her <laughs> pronouns. <laughs> and my Instagram is not so newly court underscore roads. So hot on political issues, we call her Supreme Court. Does uh does the Supreme Court have an Instagram? Because I missed a real I know, you just freaking take it. I have no idea. <laughs> and I am Chris. I am a trans man. My pronouns are he, him, and my Instagram is see the stars ablaze. Why is your voice so tense? I know what I'm saying. What is this? Well, he's the only man at the parties. My name is I have to distinguish from others. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to distinguish. It's uncanny. I can't tell the difference. Right there. Hi, I'm Chris. Perfect. I'm a queer. You sound like Mickey Mouse. You sound like Mickey Mouse. I enjoy men, but I sometimes think, for sure I'll end up with a lady. Perfect. I do sound like Mickey Mouse. Okay. How's everyone's week this week? Oh, by the way, today is Tuesday, February 20th. Cool. It's Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) We see how my week is going. So we all survived Valentine's. We all lived through Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was lovely. It's either a day you can feel sad about or it's a day you can just appreciate love. Um, I went to a dinner that OutYouth was the beneficiary of. And everything was like pink themed, so it was super, there was borscht. I never had borscht. That's borscht. just fucking delicious. Borsk? Borscht. Sure. Borscht. And it's beets, and I fucking love beets. So. Is it? Is that a Russian kind mm-hmm. of food? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to date. Look at a this girl. worldly man. <coughs> Excuse me. He knows everything. Have you ever watched to... Russian Doll? By the way. So good. Oh, no, everyone keeps telling me it's so good. Oh, good. Do it. Okay. Yeah. Is that your? Is that your you recommend? uh, recommend of the week? Yeah, and it's real quick. It's like ten episodes or something, but they're only thirty minutes. So like, oh, it was like one night. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, everyone has the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a commitment. It's super good. Got it. But go back to what you were saying. No, I dated a girl who spoke Russian, and then after college, lived in Russia for four years, and uh, it was fun. I picked up lots of loose Russian. It's very fun. I love a loose so, Russian. And then I worked at Lula. Oh. <laughs> like a white Russian. <laughs> And then I, what'd you say? Is that like, like, a white, like a white Russian? That's <laughs> very good. She's a white Russian from San Antonio. Um, from Shirts, Texas. And, um, fuck yeah. I, and then, oh, and then I worked at Lululemon, and the seamstress for all of Austin, if you get yourself hemmed, because you get complimentary hemming at Lululemon. It's the best. It is the best. Um, her like, name is Anya, and she is the most Russian, no bullshit woman you've ever met. She's fucking awesome, and so I use my couple of Russian phrases with her, and then she'll tell me things to say to my friend, and then I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I know she'll punch me in the face if I say that. I know you're tricking me. Gospody Bojamoy. That's like, oh my fucking god. That's what I say it all the time. I'd be like, Gospody Bojamoy. Ugh. <laughs> it's so fun. It's my favorite thing to say. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. 
Educational now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The secondary purpose of this podcast is to teach you yeah. random shit. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and if you want to say thank you in Portuguese, it's obrigada if you're a woman, and obrigado if you're a man. See, now we all learn something. I feel like yeah, you know. Sure mm-hmm. you um, what about anything else this week that went on? Thanks. Have we talked about that we drink on this podcast? We oh. drink, yeah, we drink. Heavy. We definitely drink. Heavy. Except for me, the last two podcasts. Oh, yeah. So send us alcohol. Courtney's yeah. doing Whole30. We can go <laughs> He's on the Whole30. I'm half I got, doing Whole30. I got tricked into... to kick into, her off the team. I'll, we could drink beer in public together. <laughs> I got tricked into the Whole30. I don't okay. want to talk about I'm it. I'm eating Whole30 at home, except for... <laughs> that doesn't count. It's not Whole30. <laughs> whole30 is the whole... Third. Yeah, the whole time he's home, yeah. <laughs> he's whole thirty. The whole time I'm in the house, yeah. I eat whole thirty. One, I didn't like it the first time I did it. I didn't like to go to like a restaurant opening and be like, I have a salad. Actually, not a salad. Just do you cook chicken and nothing? Do you have yeah. steamed broccoli? Can I have some steak and green beans? Thank you. No, no salt. Water. Yeah. You can have not salt. sparkling. Chris going all the way. Like, no salt all the way. Mm-hmm. I want abs by my birthday, so you know. Oh, you know um, what? Though? I have one, and that's, I'm happy about. I that. had a goal of one getting, ab. <laughs> I had a goal of getting six pack abs, and then I got six pack abs, and then that whole summer, all I worried about was keeping my six pack fucking abs. And then the next summer, I was like, "Fuck it, I don't give a shit." I'm, you know, it's not fun worrying about your six pack abs all summer. So I yeah. can't obsess about you. food. That I'm over. Much. I don't care. No, it's brought really me no joy. Brought me no joy. See, I want to yeah. do it once and then be like, "Okay, now I'm in a Toads. good spot." It's so funny too, because like you think you'll get, you think you're like, "Oh, I'll get to my perfect body and then everything will be great." And then you get there and you're like, "Cool, this literally comes with nothing except the worry of losing my perfect body." Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I do want a better body by the time we like go on the cruise because I'm. You're looking real jacked today. When you guys I have a cruise, worked out and over just take the Thank compliment. You. Do you want to go to the gym? We can go to the gym. I told you six thirty. I got you. We're going to Mexico. Want to go to a six thirty workout? Yeah, you do. No, it's me. This hyper. He will never. Me. This happy at six thirty. Roll out of bed like noonish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, high <laughs> noon. <laughs> I, I work from home. Like, I do like high. Yes, I will get high and work out at noon. That's a hundred percent my mo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they drop uh, a noon class every day? What we will do is yeah. one time we'll record this at my house where there isn't a table and chairs, but we'll all sit on the floor and have a seance about it. And you'll see the things I do care about. There is workout equipment. There is not normal living things in my house. There's not a table and chair. There is an inverter. There is an easy curl bar. There are 10s and 15s and 8s and a large mirror and yoga mats. But there's not other things. Proud of you. I mostly sit, stand over my sink and eat stuff. I'm like, cool. We're done here. That sounds like me because I eat fast. You don't breathe when you're eating. That was... We just watched Chris and Hill three tacos. three tacos in the space of time it took me to eat almost one, which was insane. And we watched Courtney try to pick up jicama. And I did work out. <laughs> yeah. And watch me eat some jicama tortillas. They were She did not convince us they were delicious. No. They, it's literally just... I think if they were warm, it might have been different, but like the cold, slimy, <laughs> wet outside... Mm. They yeah. were crunchy, though. It was nice. It's like a radish. It's just... Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. That's kind of fun. It was better than wrapping it in a piece of iceberg lettuce, I think. I was going to say better than wrapping it in like a paper towel. <laughs> you think paper towels are whole 30? Can I eat it, those? It, <laughs> it was. Carbs. Carbs. <laughs> Carbs. Yeah. 
It was better than wrapping it in a sponge and eating it. So that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a plus. It was better than putting it in my hand and eating my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, whole People who listen to what they're like done with us, like, it's great. Mm. <laughs> it reprograms how your body thinks about food. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, my body thinks about cheese, so <laughs> my body doesn't like a goddamn pick of my tortilla. My body also thinks about cheese. Yes. <laughs> it's probably best for me though, like that I don't with your seven allergies. Well, no, because I, I like I told you, I wake up in the morning, I crave two pounds of cinnamon rolls, <laughs> which is really, donuts. I really mean. rough for me. Because you should I can't have like gluten. a very sweet coffee. You could have yeah. a very sweet coffee and satiate that like sweet cinnamony mm-hmm. need. Yeah, that's what I need to do. <laughs> if you like also like. Sweet cinnamon needs when she wakes up. <laughs> oh, we should talk to Kristen about that. Dead. Kristen, I just start shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond, get the right stuff. There's probably some like a lube sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Some cinnamon roll lube. Up in here. I know there's. Kristen some gets a new body roll. roll. <laughs> the fuck are you wearing? She's like, I actually just douse myself with cinnamon. I'm gonna get it some. Burns. You know, get some she's making her own bra. She's just making her own bra. She's dabbing vanilla behind her ears. I'm so red. I think I'm allergic. To, I think I'm allergic to cinnamon. I die. Okay, continue. Okay, news. Cat. So yeah. So the NFL and Colin Kaepernick reached a settlement. Um, they didn't admit, admit to collusion. Like they didn't admit that they were. What's coll- the subject? Ta- fill so, me in. So since so Colin Kaepernick, after he knelt for the anthem, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't re-signed by the 49ers, and it's been I think three seasons. Yeah, because I haven't watched I haven't watched football yeah. since I moved here. Yeah, three seasons, and he, he's white or black. He's white. He's right? mixed. He's mixed. He's black. raised by yeah. white people. Yeah, um, but he has like a fro, and he's mm-hmm. like light skinned. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he hasn't been signed to a team in three years. <clears throat> but, like, other guys who ha- are considered much worse players or who have been out of the league longer mm-hmm. were, like, called up when, like, somebody got injured. They would, like, call up mm-hmm. so So they're blacklisting him, Yeah, and then mm-hmm. so he, he filed a collusion case. He's like, all of these teams are colluding with each other yes. and agreeing not, not to, to, hire, not to hire me. Yeah. And I, I'm, like, a viable person, you know? Uh, and so that went on for, like, a year, I think. And they just settled, so they settled. They didn't admit to collusion, but they mm-hmm. paid him off, essentially. Well, if he, yeah, if you settle yeah. out of court, it means, like, yes, we did it, and here's some money, but less Cash money. Than, yeah, yeah, cash money. Here's essentially. Cash so money. It, it is like they admitted collusion, but they didn't. Um, but then I saw that since he's closed that case, now some people think that he might get re-signed, re-signed to teams. So his, his lawyer <clears throat> apparently did an interview today and said... That there's three teams that he believes would be interested. One is the Panthers because uh, what's his name? Reed is his last name. He's the other guy that was involved in the collusion case because he is the other player who has knelt mm-hmm. um, consistently for like the last three years. Um, so he just resigned with the Panthers. So they obviously don't have an issue with that. And then they also mentioned the Patriots, which there's no fucking way because no, they're not getting rid of Brady. Well, is it Eric the, Reed? Eric Reeve, yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, well, because Tom Brady is going towards the end of his career, so they're thinking Cap is going to be a backup QB somewhere. Um, Brady. He's awesome. Yeah. He's done everything right. Except that the owner and the coach of the Patriots are Trump supporters, so mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. But this all ties into the whole Jesse Smollett, Smollett um, thing. So there was, you heard about Jesse with the, the hate crime in Chicago. Chicago. He's, so he's the guy who was on Empire. And he was leaving his apartment, or he was going to Subway or something like three in the morning. He's on the show Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. And he got attacked um, 
by two guys who put a noose around his neck and they threw bleach on him and um, they called him like the n-word and they called him the f-word and um, so it was like obviously a hate crime but as the police have investigated it they um, they're now saying that he faked it which mm. seems oh he's charged with a felony for alleged false report of a alleged hate he hasn't been charged alleged. yet but yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're now saying that but it's like you you never know because like the police the Chicago police are corrupt. They're well, it says three hours ago, charged with oh, a felony did? for alleged false report of a hate crime. Well, but interestingly enough, that's Colin crazy. Kaepernick's lawyer has just taken on that case. Yeah. So cool. As of today, but it's this thing. Because I was trying to have a discussion with someone last week. Um, of it's kind of the same. It's sort of similar. Like when it's like someone like go with around gun around gun violence. If it's a white guy who does it, they talk about like. How he was alone and all the other shit, but if it's a black person, automatically like already in a negative light, and so I feel like especially like you're black and you're gay, it's like they're looking for a reason to already kind of victim blame him of like he bought this upon himself and now he's faking it, and so there's like been no confirmed anything about it, but already people are already like already ready to like turn against him, which yeah. I think is bullshit. So well, and then it, it makes people like discredit like hate crimes in general right. or like make yeah. make it seem like oh like any person who says that they've been attacked, like, it's not real. They don't believe victims. Like, I mean, this has happened before, like, when, like, a shooter will shoot something up, and then people... It happened recently with that little girl that was murdered. Um, there was a drive-by, mm-hmm. and they thought that it was a white person who drove by and, and shot up the, the yard, but it ended up being, like, gang-related, and it was, like, a black driver. And mm-hmm. so when it was... All the protests were over, like, they thought it was a hate crime of, like... A hate crime, mm-hmm. um, and then it turned out like after some um, like police reporting mm. or whatever that it was a black guy. Then all these people were like, "Oh, see, like hate crimes don't exist or whatever." And it's mm. like, no, this was like it was a tragedy it's regardless. Isolated incident, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's an isolated incident. And like, I don't think people make shit up like this right. on the regular. Like mm-hmm. usually, it's like people like when people are like, "Well, a lot of times there's like misreported rapes or whatever." Mm-hmm. It's like most of the time that's. It's not about three percent. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it, it's just yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's crazy, and so people are using it to try to discredit like the fact that like, because he had pointed out that it was people possibly related to, yeah. to Donald Trump, or like they were like wearing "Make America Great Again" hats, mm-hmm. and so people were like, "See, you're just this is a liberal agenda. You're trying to paint these people a certain mm-hmm. way, and blah 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 blah." blah. Mm-hmm. It's also saying like it's going to make less victims come forward now, because like, well, oh, yeah. they're not going to believe me. Speaking of which, that kid that like. The Make America Great Again kid, mm. who was like taunting like the Native, the Native. Americans. Mm-hmm. Do you see Stop that he um, he's suing Washington Post for two hundred fifty million dollars for defamation? Two hundred fifty million dollars or something like that. Some rich white kid. He's yeah. rich yeah, he's, white lawyers. Yep. Doesn't give a fuck about how the Native American situation has started dick. and yeah. or turned out. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, mm. yep. yeah, yeah. It's hard. And then yeah, I get that victims. Right, like, um, <clears throat> like, um, like sex workers are often victims of rape and sexual assault, mm-hmm. and they're not taken seriously because they're like, oh, well, you know, you're a sex worker, you know, that's right. sort of what you get, yeah. As opposed to like, no, you're a human and you were assaulted, yeah, you know, and you were, that's not okay. You were raped and that's not okay, you know. Yeah, yeah it's exactly like that. Yep. So that's it's all super fucked up. It'll be interesting to see how the the Jesse thing pans out. I feel like a lot of the questions we got were more 
trans questions, so I think they'd be really great. Cool. So we're going to go over, um, Brie posted on our Queer For It page asking for questions, and then Courtney posted on her personal page asking for questions. I was going to, but my Instagram <laughs> was crashing, and I had to re Chris was having an Instagram said not today. Oh, that's stupid. I'm sorry. It was annoying. Um, Hashtag Chris, why are you so cute? That's all I'm going to say every time now. <laughs> but so we're going to answer some of those questions. Yeah. Um, the first one we got was on our, on our Instagram and the question or the state, well, it says, I had an encounter with a transphobic boy in my school. What would you do? Well, we don't have a lot of details here because depending on what type of school, like the rules for college are way different than the rules for middle school or high school. Um, I'm going to assume it's probably a younger, like, high school or something, if they're asking, like, what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, in general, bullying of any type should not be tolerated by whatever educational place you're at. Um, <clears throat> so, my first thing would be to speak to either a teacher or administrator that you trust, um, or whoever you need to bring that type of behavior up to and just make it known that that happened. Um, And also, if that person is not, like, in your classes or whatever, like, try to not be around them as much as you can. I'm not saying to, like, avoid someone that's doing something wrong and, like, go out of your way to avoid them, but, like, you can just kind of look out for yourself in a way that won't put you in scenarios where you might feel unsafe. Um, but I think that always, like, speaking to someone who might have some sort of power in a situation, but also depends, because if you're in a rural place, like, the school might not have your best interests in mind, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So, I mean, there's a ton of factors here that I don't know. So, um, anyone i mean because you weren't necessarily trans going through school i yeah no i wasn't um i didn't come out until after well i figured out i was trans in college but Mm -hmm. i didn't transition until after college so Mm -hmm. um but like i mean our school was super like homophobic and i had to deal with like coaches running me after practice because like they knew that i was like holding hands with a girl on the bus and like i got severely mistreated by the people that should have been looking out for me mm-hmm. and looking back I wish that I had told someone higher up than that coach like an administrator or something mm-hmm. and realized that it was like really kind of like emotionally abusive and also mm-hmm. to the point of like kind of physically abusive to like make someone do extra mm-hmm. shit or whatever mm-hmm. and like comments that were, were really inappropriate and now that I'm an adult I'm like well adult quote unquote sure you're an adult <laughs> I, I would adult. I would have gone to one a teacher that I trusted because I had some teachers I really trusted and said, how do I handle this? And I'm sure they would have pointed me in the direction of an administrator or counselor mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. that would have had some sort of protocol for something like that. The, I would say the beauty of every school is that there are some teachers that really give a fuck about what they're doing and the people that are going to school there. Yeah. And you can find one of them and you can talk to them. You can reach out. Yeah. yeah. And like Chris said, your safety is the number one priority. So not completely run the other way or feel like you have to avoid them but if you feel unsafe being around that person I say it's totally okay to walk away from that person and not have to be there near them mm-hmm. yeah that's cool our next question was how do you get over the feeling that being gay is wrong 
This is this is one I dealt with for a while. Um, I didn't come out until I was 26, and it's because it's a light. Like I didn't know the what I was. Like I knew I was very into men, but also attracted to women, and then ended up ended up sleeping with a girl, and it answered a lot of questions. Um, Usually it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, this is great. Ah, this makes so much oh sense my now. God, you um, smell great. But I I do come from a very religious family, and so I think that was also my personal like I have to be the best daughter and sister and person possible and that means I have to be straight and um it wasn't until I moved that I was like 1800 miles away from home and just being like no one pays my fucking bills if I come out and (laughs) do what I do and live my best life then here we go um but it was this thing of like me living my best life doesn't hurt anyone Mm -hmm. and that's what really helped me with with being queer is like if me being happy makes me happy and adds light to the world then it has nothing to do with me if that if like someone else makes it a negative. That's their reaction to my positivity. Um, so that's how I get through it or how I got through it of just being like, I love myself and I love myself enough to be honest with myself and be the most authentic version of myself. And so I don't think being gay is wrong. I also have stopped going to church, but that's also because I don't believe in organized religion. I don't mm-hmm. think the re- religion should make anyone feel like they are not welcome somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and my adoptive dad is a pastor and he's like sure like you had to figure out what you believe in so I believe in the universe and a higher power of some sort but I don't believe in people who claim to be a certain religion telling me that my life is wrong or that me loving someone is going to send me to hell I don't think life is that black mm-hmm. and white and I also believe in reincarnation but we're not going to get on that topic today. Yeah, I, also think, talk about religion. I yeah. also think if there's love involved it's not wrong right mm-hmm. you know if there's love there then you're not doing something wrong maybe some people don't agree with what you're doing but it doesn't mean the thing that you're doing is wrong it just means some people don't agree with what you're doing and that's whatever often anything you'll be doing you can find a crowd of people who won't agree with it so yeah fuck and usually like if someone is like making you feel guilty or bad for what you're doing they're projecting something. Like yeah. you have to know yeah. if like yeah. someone is tearing down your it's happiness. About them, it's not about you. It's it's 99.9% of the time it's about the fact that they are not actually happy and not because of what you're doing. Mhm. Mhm. I just wanted to kind of piggyback off of that, that <laughs> especially like if in particular like it's like religion or something along those lines that's making you feel like being gay is wrong or whatever. Yeah. Let's just all like be aware that like all religions, especially Christianity, was written by a really exclusionary group of white men. The white men who are trying to figure out how to get some money from the people right. around them. So, like, <laughs> not even just queer people, but people of color and women are not even viewed on oh, the yeah. same level as the people that were writing this. Oh, there was this there for no, their there own motives. Oh, yeah, yeah so and, and back then it was for profit, and now even more. Churches are for profit. Well, like, like, even speaking about religion specifically, I lived in Salt Lake City for five years, and the Mormons just recognized blacks as part of the clergy in, like, 2010. Like, like the color of their skin made them any different in their religion, which is literally insane, you know? And they're one of the highest grossing religions that exist, you know? They make the most money. So... Yeah, religion is not often about making everyone feel well. It's a lot about, it's basically just a huge company where people put their money into and then they have a large amount of say in what goes on in their community, you know? Yeah. Well, religion doesn't work unless there's a 
power discrepancy mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Truly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, truly. I mean, like God is at the top of that, and then there's whoever works for the church, and then you have to be subservient God, to that. Whoever works for God, in the, <laughs> and yeah, then you so. fucking exactly who believes in God, and then people who don't believe in God. Exactly. Maybe. It's also this thing that the Bible is so old. First of all, God did not write the Bible, so I do not take it as a direct quote. Right. Secondly, that Bible is so old and it's so lost in mis- misinterpretation. Also, the Catholic Church has come out and said there's books of the Bible that are left out. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was raised Catholic and I'm like, whatever, the Catholic Church. Literally, whatever. Religion's going to be a great episode. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't. We, are get we will drunk. not even drop That's, into We're going to do that on right Friday, so yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. even have the next day. So we have all weekend to talk about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no one drink the night before, so they're hungover. Fuck! No one can do it in Whole 30. <laughs> we'll save it. We should do that like on Easter. Oh, perfect. Okay, what else birthdays? What other questions these sweet um, angels have? The next one I had. Uh, ways to deal with dysphoria. I'm 18, F to M, which is female to male, mm-hmm. and not on T yet, but I'm not out to any of my family. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, how do I feel? Well. How do you view your body in a loving way? Yeah. Um, for me, one of the things that I did before I was out to anyone. Which, did you feel dysphoric about yourself? Yeah, I still, okay. have, I still have dysphoria, okay. which not every trans person experiences just experiences dysphoria. And or I don't think all people experience dysphoria in the same way. I personally think that like all humans can empathize with dysphoria, especially assigned female at birth. People were taught to hate our bodies. We're taught to want to look like a size zero. We're taught like all mm-hmm. these things. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a very uh, body critical um, mentality that a lot of people are taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that like um, assigned male at birth people totally feel that too because mm-hmm. I think that we kind of mm-hmm. overlook that like. Cis mm-hmm. men and also like trans women. I specifically are, dress big and tall men, yeah. and they are so upset about yeah. their bodies. And I'm like, boo, y'all are just the shape they are. Right. Yeah. Um, for me, I find, well, I like getting a binder was one of the first things that really helped me, even though I was super small chested. But getting a binder um, when I was like, even before I came out as trans, was just like, it made the clothes I was wearing fit the way I wanted them to, and that sort of stuff. Also, like packing is something that you can do. It's like, you can find a cheap packer. What's for, like, packing? Um, it's like a prosthetic penis you wear like in your pants um, and you can get like a basic packer for less than 20 bucks on like mm-hmm. Amazon mm-hmm. or any number of sites. Um, not everybody packs, not everyone has bottom dysphoria, but that's something. Um, another thing that I did when I was like unsure about coming out, but um, I kind of knew that that was what I wanted to do. And I think that like some people might view this as like, uh, like maybe shady or something, but I... Um, Tumblr was really big, so I made a Tumblr that was my Christopher, like even before I came out. Mm -hmm. And so I found a community online as Mm -hmm. Christopher um, and was like kind of living a like virtual version of Mm -hmm. myself, even though I was like pre-transition and whatnot, and kind of gave me some of the confidence to finally come out to people because I was like, this is actually like the name I like being called. And this is like, I'm meeting people that have similar feelings to me. and meeting other people that were trans, like, made me feel less crazy about everything. Like, mm-hmm. and not that you are crazy, but, like, I didn't know anyone, like, in my real life, really, that mm-hmm. was that way. But when we all feel out of the norm, yeah. we feel crazy. We feel like we are crazy, yes. which isn't even close to true. So finding community, I think, is good. I mean, it's not going to necessarily ease your dysphoria, but, like, when you know other people are going through the same thing, it, like, makes it, I think, slightly more manageable. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not alone mm-hmm. um, with any problem you have. Mm-hmm. So. So um, those are some of the things that I would recommend. Also, for me personally, like working out has always been a huge, like 
ease of dysphoria for me. I wanted to be a certain body type. Uh, it's also like a good natural anxiety management tool. Um, and uh, talking to people. Like therapy mm-hmm. is great. Not keeping it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who weighed over 200 pounds and at a point lost 75 pounds in my life and couldn't, even when I lost the weight, I couldn't see myself as the new, very skinny person. I just couldn't, I could not fathom her for the longest time. And, uh, and then I got to her and I didn't even like her. And I was like, no, I don't want to be this skinny. It's gross. I'm skinny, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, and I get, I get dysphoria. It's just, it's just basically looking at yourself and not liking what you see and seeing and deciding to see something that's very different than what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's a, it's not something you do overnight. I think it's a process. Mm-hmm. It comes on. You practice seeing yourself as someone that you like. And it's a lot. We're not taught. Um, in the like conventional way to love ourselves. We really aren't. We're taught to like be super critical mm-hmm. and judge ourselves a bunch and then try to make ourselves better over and over again. And it took me a long time to just be like, oh, because when I weighed a lot, I had huge, I had like fucking like D, like double D. Um, boobs. Yeah, <laughs> like double D, like almost like E boobs, you know? And then you lose weight and your boobs are all fat. And so I lost weight and I lost a lot of my boobs and I was like, oh my fucking God, this is awful, you know? Like, I can't believe I lost this much weight and everything looked great, but my boobs look like that. And then over the next, like, three years, I continued to tone and work out, and your body catches up with yourself, and then you're like, oh, actually, I look really fucking great. And I have looked really great for three years, but I've just been holding myself in this position where I don't believe I look great, and then I don't, like, let myself be happy every day. And it doesn't... And it turns out that it doesn't fucking matter at all because people just like you because you're nice and you smile at them, you know? Mm. Not because you look a certain way. So it's really just, it's very self-implemented. I think that's like a pretty like natural segue into we were going to talk about self-love today. Mm-hmm. So I think it's super gay to say that you have super to love gay. yourself first <laughs> so before gay. any physical changes are even going to make a difference. Because uh-huh. like if you're like emotionally unhappy mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like if you go on testosterone and you get a mustache like you are still going to be unhappy with who you are mm-hmm. like so you like treating yourself right and loving yourself and taking care of yourself those are going to be the number one priorities towards mm-hmm. who who you are which is like you taking the step towards living that other life isn't shady you were treating yourself right like you were handling how Chris wanted to be handled mm-hmm. and that in itself was like probably the biggest step that you could have taken over any of like the physical changes mm-hmm. that you ever did mm-hmm. even when I had six pack abs I wasn't even happy with myself I was like girl don't you fucking lose these six pack abs like that was the only reason people don't would kill like my me, dream which makes no fucking <laughs> sense and I would say the the biggest piece of advice I've been fit for like four years now and the biggest piece of advice that someone gave me that made the biggest difference was I used to work out because I didn't like my body. I used to work out because I hated my body and I wanted to create a change. And then I worked out with this coach. Her name was Steph Tui, and she had a gym. And she said, don't work out because you hate yourself. Work out because you love your body. And I was like, oh, shit. It felt like such a vastly different Uh idea than Mm -hmm. what I had been doing. I'm like, no, I'm working out because I fucking hate these little arms. I'm trying to make them bigger, you know? But then she was like, work out because you love yourself. And I was like, oh, 
work out because I love what these little arms can do and I love what these legs can do and I love how I can squat, you know, and stand back up and and it it sounds so silly, but it made the world of difference yeah, I think for that, me. That mindset, I was like, work out because I love myself. That mindset can be applied to like almost anything. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard that too about working mm-hmm. out and like, and eating healthy. Like, so mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I have to eat this because I have to punish myself for like eating mm-hmm. this bad thing. I have to go to the gym to punish myself because mm-hmm. I did this or I fucked up. But it's like, Straight no, up. I'm eating, I'm eating whole foods because my body likes whole foods and that's what's exactly. good for you. And that's yeah. what we were made to eat. And, and I'm going for a run because... I'm going to appreciate that when I'm 90 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to, like, start looking at looking at the positive reasons why we do things every single day. Like, because, I mean, even, like, with work, it's like, oh, I hate going to work. And it's like, but, like, I also love that I have the ability and the privilege to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. That I have a skill and that somebody pays me for that skill. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and it's really hard to train yourself to be positive about everything. For but sure. With exercising, it was like uh, it was like I used to lift heavy weights overhead because I didn't like my body, and then I was like, oh, what if I just lifted weights because I liked my body? What if I just lifted weights because it felt good to do this and it felt good to do that, and I wasn't like straining myself to overdo to prove to myself that my body was strong, blah blah blah, you know, like versus just like seeing where I was, working on my journey. I want to become an athlete for longevity versus some sort of competitive athlete. There's no, it's not reasonable that I'll become some sort of competitive athlete. It makes no sense. But I do want to be athletic for a very long time, Mm -hmm. you know? And in that, it's like small muscle stability and eating healthy and just loving myself and fucking laying out and relaxing, you know? It's not about, it's about getting more rest than work. Yeah the dream yeah my self-love journey has been a long one um i can't remember was it the other day i feel like it was you we were talking about this um i remember dieting since i was like 12 i grew up in a town that was pretty well mixed but it was predominantly white people in the in the early 90s the idea of beauty was skinny and white and Mm -hmm. i was not white so i was like oh i can at least be skinny and that was not something that my body frame could do. By the time I was 12, I had boobs, and it's been an awful yeah. journey since. I hate my boobs. I know all boobs are good boobs, but I hate my boobs. I do. You hate your boobs still I today. Do. Still boobs. today. I love your boobs. Thank you, but... We all um, love them. Thank you. But no, I think... No, they're, they'll be gone soon. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so... And not that I was ever... When I was young, I wasn't overweight. It was just I wasn't as thin as the other girls. And I was like, mm. well, I can... And then once my mom passed, I was like, well, the only thing I can really control is the food going into my body. So I lost like 30 pounds in like a month when I was 15. Um, And just because I was just so unhappy with myself, so unhappy in the situation in my life. Um, And then like as I got older, I got more comfortable with who I was. And then my senior year of college, after I graduated, after you graduate college, you know nothing. You don't have a job. (laughs) You have all the student loan debt. You're no longer the big fish in the small pond. You're in the real world. And I couldn't find a job for a long time. Like, not that I didn't have skills. It was just, you're, you're, you're green. You're fresh. No yeah. one really has anything you for you to do. You, yeah. never, you don't have prior experience. People don't give a shit. Yeah. So yeah. I was hanging out with my nephew a lot. And he was three. And at, 20, and at 23, I could not chase him. Like, we couldn't play outside. I was so overweight and so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to die before I even see Marcus turn like six. Um, and so I did all the right things. I lifted, I ran, I did meal prep and I lost, and I lost 50 pounds in the summer, but 
I was healthy, but I wasn't happy. And I was like, oh, I'm in a different body. Like, shouldn't things be different now? Um, and so over the last couple of years, I've maintained weight. I've gone down. Um, but like you were saying, like what I what I look like isn't important. It's mm-hmm. it's been for me. My self love has been knowing is has been building a relationship with myself. Um, very much knowing that my body is just a vessel that holds my soul. It was one of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. I heard somewhere. Um, but being very open to like. A friend of mine asked, like, who do you think you are? And I was like, oh, well, I'm a good friend and I'm a good aunt. Like, no, no, who are you? Not who you are to other people. Who are you to yourself? And so that was a really big question last year of who I am and what I offer and just taking the time to reclaim space and get to know myself. And really, I really worked on self-love last year. And so I always think about it that way, too. Of Like, I always say I'm, like, the professional single girl. Like, I have never had a serious relationship but I think it's because the universe knew I had to do the work on myself first. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm in such a good place of like, you can't tell me shit about me that I'm not, that either A, I haven't already discovered and worked past or that I'm just like, okay, your, your opinion isn't, your opinion about me isn't more important than the one I have about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of just self growth and self love and figuring out that you are, no matter where you go, there you are. And so just knowing that you have to be your own first love before you can love anyone else, as RuPaul says. I think a lot of people look to relationships to fill that, like, love Validation. piece, that self-love piece. Yeah. And if you're, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody How the hell are you going to love anybody else, right? Thanks, but also, Ruth. how the hell is anyone else going to be able to love you right. if you don't love yourself? And that relationship is sustained on something that isn't, um, like, a solid, solid foundation yeah. that isn't, like, Those you can't the build on that. worst relationships I've yeah. yeah. The, like, exactly. the girls exactly. I've dated who have, like, the worst relationships with themselves, yeah. well, they're miserable, and they will make you miserable. <laughs> yes. It will make you miserable, and you will be miserable until you just, like, love yourself at any I get I was one of five children, and I was the only one that was fat, which, for me, I just felt like, like, why, this is so unfair, this makes no sense. Me and one, I had three, like, one half-brother and two step-brothers, so me and one sibling, my sister, had the same DNA, and she is just thin and gorgeous and great at what she does, and I was like, how come the fuck I'm the fat one, you know? And thought, and my dad, my stepdad didn't, you know, he used that to criticize me deeply, and I thought that was a reason to criticize myself deeply. Mm-hmm. But really, the people, the reason people like me are because I'm nice, and because I'm kind, because I'm understanding, because I listen, because I like to make people laugh, and I like to tell jokes, and it doesn't have shit to do with the shape of my body. And. Yeah, the mo- I did lose some weight and find that I was more comfortable in a body that was easier to move around in, mm-hmm. but it felt bad to be excluded in a body that was just a little bit larger than other people's, you know? Right. It felt awful. And to piggyback off that, like, I'm in a group chat with my two best girlfriends from back home, and so we're all, like, trying to get better about being healthy this year. Um, and so I did not own a scale for like five years because yeah. I think the scale is a stealer of joy. I don't own a scale. Um, but I just bought one because I hate myself. Uh, that's a lie because I wanted to see the progress I was making. Mm-hmm. Let me take that back. Um, but my I like well my weight fluctuates between like lifting weights and then some days I'm just like I really want fucking pizza for like the next days and I'm gonna do it. Um, but my friend was like, your weight is the least interesting thing about you. I'm like, mm-hmm. And that was like. Mm-hmm. Holy oh, fuck. that like, number? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I'll even, and I'll say too, when I was starting to, starting my exercise journey, I was way too fat to do cardio. I was like 205 pounds, 5'7", and just 
I was 34% body fat, and when the guy at full, when the guy at Gold's told me that, it was the actual worst day of my life. Like, I was like, more than a third of my body is fat. What the fuck am I even doing? And it shouldn't matter that much. And then... But it mattered to you. It did. And then I got to weightlifting, and lifting heavier weights had me lose body fat so much faster than any sort of cardio mm-hmm. ever had. And it was something sustainably that I could do. Um, and so I appreciated the, you know, the the woman that taught me about weightlifting versus cardio. Because mm-hmm. weightlifting was such an easier transition into the body that I love having versus cardio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're in such a social media time of, like, you see all these people who look gorgeous and thin and tan and everything else. And, like, but they're still human. Like, mm-hmm. and just because people are thin doesn't mean they're healthy and just because thin doesn't mean they're happy so that's also been a thing too like what what are we teaching the next generation of like this is what you're you need to look like in order to be yeah it couldn't matter less did you i was actually like writing a little bit about this the other day um because my girlfriend i have two things i want to say about this let me write this down okay so the first thing is is my my girlfriend sometimes like every once in a while we're hanging out and she tells me like i just like really wonder what you were like as like chloe which is like Interesting, um, because we've very much established that like we would definitely not be where we are because she's very much a straight woman, um, and she like loves who I am, and she always says like really sweet things like she loves my scars because like I wouldn't be who I am without totally. them and stuff like that. Totally. But she just sometimes is like I just like wonder who you were like or like mm-hmm. what you were like or whatever, and so I started writing something about it and like it's either gonna be a blog post or a lengthy Instagram caption or something, but. I was writing something about love and I was saying that like well one I'm not one of those trans people who rejects who I was before like I very much liked who I was it just wasn't me and I look back on a lot of the relationships that I had and the reason why people liked me a lot and why I think that I wasn't completely miserable was because I was really good at loving but I loved everyone else so much harder than I loved myself because Mm -hmm. I just wasn't at a space in my life where I could love myself because I, I wasn't myself. I did that. And it wasn't necessarily a bad thing at the time. I mean, it didn't work out, those relationships and whatnot, but I had some really good learning relationships mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was what I was capable of doing at the time. Like, I just, I wasn't where I was, where I needed to be as me. But I was kind of looking back and I was like, it was beautiful that I could love other people so much when I couldn't love myself. Um, just because I really am like very quick to love others. I, I was a very good partner, um, one of the only, like, completely, like, committed relationships I had was as Chloe. Like, I just, like, I didn't even think about other people, I was just a good, devoted partner, all these things. But I just, if you had asked me then, like, how can you love someone else when you don't love you? I think you can love other people, I just don't know that it will necessarily work out entirely or something, Mm -hmm. because you'll always need to find love for yourself. And I think it's that you give the love that you want. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you've been sure. wanting it for so long mm-hmm. and so you're going to show other people yeah. how to love you by loving them. Yeah. I'd say I'm a lover and I wish yeah. I had been capable of giving myself the love I've given so many yeah. other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the things um, in my last relationship, so like we're going to definitely touch on like our, our relationships and like probably in depth about my last relationship, but... I was engaged and I very much loved that other person, but at the end, I um, was kind of coming to terms with the fact that like I hadn't I hadn't dated as Chris because her and I started dating 
um, met her as Chloe very early on, told her I wanted to transition, but then like nine months later started my physical transition. But so she knew all along, but she is the only person I have dated during my transition, mm-hmm. my ex. And at the end, one of her girlfriends who I was friends with before the breakup in passing made some sort of catty comment about um, that I loved me more than I loved her or anyone else. Uh, I mean, all there is is for you to love yourself right. and, and for other people to love themselves and hopefully y'all... I don't right. see anything wrong with right. that. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that's, what, that's what I was going to yeah. say. In the moment, I was so bothered by that comment. Mm-hmm. But also, it was kind of... Like, now, like, I very much love my girlfriend now, mm-hmm. but I think that... I had outgrown that relationship, and that was a thing it took me a while to realize, but Mm -hmm. she very much was an important part in my journey to learning Mm -hmm. to love myself, and Mm -hmm. I don't think that, like, I used her by any means to do that, but in that relationship, I learned learned to love myself and got to a point where, like, I really did love myself, and I was being selfish, and I was doing a lot of things that weren't fitting into our relationship because I had outgrown it, and now looking back, yeah. I did love her. I mean, I did love me more than I loved her, maybe, which is kind of indicative of, like, why things needed to end. And my next relationship, like, I'm not saying that you should love who you're with more than you because I think that you are the most important person to yourself. But I hope that it would be slightly more even. Um, but I, I don't know that I, I can't and I won't apologize for getting to that point of loving myself because... I'm 26. It took me 26 years to get mm-hmm. to the point of someone saying he loves himself. Like, mm-hmm. so... Anybody who tried to... Every time people tried to guilt you over being selfish, I'm like... He's had a journey. You only yeah. owe yourself yeah. happiness. Even if, if you were married for 70 years and you had a family and you decide one day you weren't happy, you don't owe someone the next 30 years of your life. Mm-hmm. As... As hard as that is for people to accept, you totally. do not owe anybody anything. Totally. Except for yourself. Like, yeah. where are you? Are you loving yourself? If you're not loving yourself, get to a place where you're loving yourself, because if you're not loving yourself, you can't love other people. There's no... Because you're actually group. making each other miserable and convincing yourself that it's happiness. Absolutely. Yeah. And then conditioning, uh, conditioning yourself to think that the love of this other person is what happiness is. Mm-hmm. And then... Training, you know, yourself to think that your happiness has to come from this other person, and mm-hmm. all of that doesn't work at all. But to be fair, I feel like you and your ex are significantly happier not together. Yeah. Well, I most think so. I most think... you and your exes are significantly happier not together. Right. <laughs> right. But I think, and so. you were tripping. You were trying to figure out, wait, how can I love this person? I love her. I love myself. I'm really starting to grow into this new person. How do I make all this fit? And you can't. And when you have to figure out how to make it fit, you have to pick yourself first because no one else can choose you first. Only you can choose you first. Well, I don't think think necessarily you can't, but if you can, that's a very slim change. Like, very rarely are you going to, like, grow that much and change. And if it does end up working out with who you're with or whatever, then, like, that's a very lucky moment. But if you grow out of it, I think that... I mean, for me, I mean, you were you were both there as well, but you too. Like, it's fucking hard, and it yeah. was the hardest decision of my life. But I feel like I feel at peace with it mm-hmm. at, at the very. Oh, peace. but you were so torn forever. Like you're mm-hmm. like I don't even I don't get because this thing is making me happy, but I've committed to this thing, 
And it's really hard. It's hard to let go of your, I think a lot of people find it. Was it's safe. hard to let go of your commitments or your safe, mm. secure thing in order to grow. Yeah. But the problem is that we're all looking for growth, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're stuck in a thing that's secure and safe, but you're feeling kind of confined in it, yeah. you're not getting the growth. Right. And you need the growth to continue being a human. I think you know? some other good advice my parents have given me, giving all of us. It's, they've been married for almost 30 years. My dad's a pastor, like I said. Um, and it's this, this thing of you can be with someone for so long, but you have to understand, like, like when getting married it's like do you want a wedding or do you want a marriage because everyone wants a wedding everyone wants a party everyone wants a celebration of their love you wanted a wedding oh yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean I was ready lit with yeah. the cat. So we have those conversations we should throw yeah I think it's that thing of also ex- realizing what you want and that not you, you can't find you most of the time you can't find the answer in someone else they might yeah. be able to like mm-hmm. fill a mm-hmm. void for mm-hmm. a while but also it's this uh, it's this thing that really fucking irks me of people who are like my better half or like who where would I be without them Yeesh. I'm like you are your own whole like, person girl, who are you and, and your person should add stuff to your life but God forbid that person left you tomorrow and they're half of who you are and what the fuck are you gonna do as half a person they can still bring out the best in you correct but they should not be yeah, they, they I like to really think that I am the full meal, and then whoever I end up with will be the dessert portion of the evening. Yeah. And probably Gosh, some wine. I think I'm like oh, three wine. courses of dessert. Yes! Like, who wants to be Courtney's two, two pounds of donuts. <laughs> first thing, Courtney. cinnamon rolls. First thing in the morning. Courtney's three different kinds of cinnamon rolls in yes. the morning. I'm and an open bar. <laughs> Ooh! All awesome. cream, Courtney? Yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> Chris is an open bar. Yeah. It's all brand. Love you I all so you much. Your family now, but want to change me. You're perfect. I don't understand. No. Even with a wet diaper. Even with a wet diaper. I hope you never want to change me. I mean, you're going to be uncomfortable. Put that on a fucking Hallmark card. You're going to get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Diaper rash is a thing. Yeah, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Plot just make, starts making fucking Hallmark cards now. Yep. Valentine's Day next year. Um. I just wanted to piggyback like off of like what you were talking about because I'm sure we'll talk about the fact that me and Chris's identical lives have been identical. Um, so, okay, three years. So three years ago, I was living the exact same experience that Chris had six months ago. And really, like it wasn't that the person that I was with was so bad. It was just the it was my first long term relationship. I am totally a relationship person. I love, I love dating. I'm very, I'm very independent, but I love to be codependent. It's like, I can get all my shit done, but I also like to be dependent on someone and have someone dependent on me. I think it comes from the fact that me and Chris are twins. <laughs> so I'm used to having someone who's like my partner in crime, someone to like, just be there through all my experiences. But so when I was dating this girl, I really like clung to the fact that like we, we were each other. Like we were very, like that she was my other half, but she was also making me miserable. And it was really hard for me to have that, that moment of clarity of like realizing, wait, my, my happiness comes first, which is why when Chris went through the same thing, I have like zero tolerance for the bullshit of anybody saying that Chris didn't deserve to be happy Mm -hmm. because I think that everybody owes it to themselves to know that what a 10 on their scale of happiness looks like. Because, like, I was sitting at, like, a solid five 
Which, like, there's you could look at that and be like, there's some people out there who don't even have a five's worth of happiness. They're, like, at a three, and they're miserable. So, like, a five is, like, pretty good. But if a ten of, of happiness is out there for you, not in another person. Just, like, a ten of, like, your life looks better, you're happier every day, you have a better outlook. You don't have to settle for, you know, being at a five. And that's what happened. I was, like, living on my own in Austin with Chris. We were kind of doing our own thing. I was away from my, that girlfriend at the time. Or she was my fiancé. And we were still together. I know I was engaged. It was the exact same situation. I just didn't put a money down on a venue because I was broke and I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> I need a minute. I did not know you were engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. I love yeah. all of this. Continue. Might, really we might need it. vodka. Go ahead. I love it. We should yeah. do shots um, yeah, we should. You have a shot, right? So we, so we were, so we were like separate enough that I started to realize, like, oh, I didn't, like, I was actually happier without her. And then I met Kristen. When I met Kristen, I realized like the amount of happiness that I could have with a person. And so that came with dating her, but it wasn't because of Kristen. Mm-hmm. Because I think because I realized like the things that I needed to put first, which is when I had the conversation with that ex about breaking up with her. I was like, I'm not actually in love with you. I'm not actually happy. Like, I'm just convinced myself that, like, this level of mediocrity or comfort is fine. Mm, And I don't want to be fine. Like, our next goal is... Preach that. Like, if you're going to get married, like, marriage is theoretically eternity. It's not real life, but... You're committing to it. You're hoping it. You're hoping it is. So I'm like, I'm committing to a life of this level of happiness. And so to me, it was having that... Looking myself in the face and, and just realizing, am I am I prepared for this level of happiness for the next mm. 80 something years? And 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 I wasn't. And um mm-hmm. so I was able to evolve past that and to realize like those negative things that I was holding on to and like clinging to, like, oh, I owe this person something because of the length of time that I've been with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am guilty mm-hmm. myself because I did this thing wrong. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying as hard as possible not to bring those things into this relationship that I'm in now and into my life now. So I just don't have tolerance for bullshit when people bother me. Like when my friends bother me, when Chris bothers me, when my girlfriend bothers me, I tell you and I call you on it. And that's because I don't like to be unhappy. I've always said it. Chris has always been, we've said he wants to get a tattoo where I'm, I'm the sun and he's the moon. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're Cute. opposite of each other. And Thank I'm more you. of the optimist and he's always been the pessimist. Mm-hmm. And I very like naively always have said, if you don't want to be unhappy, don't be. And that's, that's my, that's my mentality towards a lot of things. So when I am in a situation that makes me unhappy, now I kill it mm-hmm. and I get out of it. The past couple of years I had to decide that happiness was a choice and mm-hmm. I got to pick it in mm-hmm. every situation I was in. I could be driving my car and appreciating the sunshine or I could be driving my car and under, like deciding that the traffic was fucking garbage, you yeah. know? And one of those things makes me a lot happier than the other thing. Yeah. And that was up to me to decide to move forward in that direction. Yeah, you know, it's not the person in front of me that's driving like shit, and it's not all the cars around me that are stuck in traffic, and it's just literally up to me to be like, whatever kind of car I'm in, whatever kind of conditions I'm in, you know what, I appreciate that. I can drive this thing, and it's getting me where I'm going, and the sun is out, or the rain is going, and I'm dry, and <laughs> this is nice. Yep. Yeah. I think it's all a mentality thing, and that's my biggest thing, like, with, like, my own, like, self-love and, like, being happy is just assessing 
the mentality that I'm taking into every situation, mm-hmm. which I have to try really consciously, like me and you, like I, I was always like the person to try to balance you out. I feel like in a lot of situations to be positive. And Kristen is super, super And Kristen is more negative than you? Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Kristen is like super negative. Um, and she knows it about herself. If you ask her like the thing that she, mm-hmm. like th- four, four pictures ago on her Instagram, she put a caption about like, I'm trash because I haven't like posted in a long time. And someone put a really annoying comment like, you should really be less hard on yourself. And she was like literally every day trying to be more positive. Mm-hmm. And that's like her number one thing that she is like actively pursuing. And so like when, when I see her do it, it, it especially puts it in perspective for me to try to be positive. Um, it's like I'm obviously not perfect at it, but it's something that I actively well, try like to do. Well, like everything, it's practice over time that makes mm-hmm. us any good at mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I used to hate, like, shit on myself every single day because my dad would shit on me, because my mom would shit on me, my family would shit on me. I was the only person in the seven-person unit, seven-person family unit that was overweight because I fucking was just eating my feelings because I couldn't, like, tell my family that I liked women. I couldn't tell my family that, like, I didn't like them and blah, 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 right, whatever. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I do like myself. I do like women, that's fine. I do like to eat things, that's fine. I do like to fucking do whatever the fuck I want, that's fine. And it's okay to love myself as all of those things, you know? Even if my dad didn't like me because I was fat, you know? Like, And it wasn't even that he didn't like me because I was fat. It was he wanted the world to treat me nicer, so he wanted me to become skinnier, you know, to present mm-hmm. easier to a world. That was critical, you mm-hmm. know? And I got that much, much later. But, like, what it felt like as a young person yeah. was, you don't like me because I'm fat, you know? Not that you want me to have Not that life. you want me to have an easier go. Yeah, yeah exa- literally exactly, you yeah. know? Which I got much later. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's just about liking yourself and, like, okay, I don't give a fuck about what people think of me. And that's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I say And it feels really great to do. I, well, this is self-love related, but, like... You and I are very different in that, like, I think that you genuinely don't give a fuck what people think about you. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, I do. Oh, no, I'm there. I'm I there. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yes, girl. Every once in a while, someone says something that really, like... It doesn't like, seem like, like you give a fuck what people but, think about you. But I've had to deal with a lot of bullshit that, like, I just have started to, like... I just accept that you're miserable. Like, if you're taking mm, your time totally, to mean to me, you're miserable. Totally. Like, if you don't like me, I like me. I... Yeah project that I don't care. <laughs> he cares. I you care. care. Yeah. So my need for You're validation sweet, from sweet every man. single person in the entire world it will be the death of me. So just text me. So oh, just yeah. like so like it's important for this whole self-love thing. So like the fact that I'm at a point where I like me mm-hmm. does help me actually be like, well I like me, so if you don't, I can compartmentalize that well mm. enough to move on. It's about you, it's not so, about me. So, but I do still, like, people say shit to me all the time online, and I'm just like, it ruins my day. Mm. But I wish it did it. Pretend everybody's a Russian bot. Yeah. <laughs> Helps so much. Right. That's our show for this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Queer For It, on Facebook at Queer For It, and you can send us an email at queerforitpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at queerforit.com spell it out do not forget to rate review and subscribe also tell your friends about us because if you love us share us with your friends 
We're just trying to be here so you can share us. Peace out. Peace yeah. Eight. <laughs> we are not in Atlanta. Eight town down. Austin. Austin. I was like, down. I was like, uh oh, Bun B's gonna come get us. I'm looking, I'm looking for a new podcast host. Uh, Tell your sister that you've been listening to us, and we love you, so you should too. Bye. She cute though. She cute though. She cute though. Send us a direct message. No, we will get back to you. All right. Till next week, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.